Good morning, good evening, good night, good year, good month, whenever you're listening. This is Late and Disorganized. I'd appreciate that you took the time out of your day to uh, listen to me ramble, uh, being a part of my daily operations. Uh, I really do appreciate it. If you're with me, you, you're with me, you get me. Let's go. We're on the road party relationship segment. And in today's, tonight's, this morning, this evening, this year, whenever you're listening, relationship segment, we're going to talk about the relations that we have with our own trauma and how it negatively affects us. Have you ever had a friend, relative, or just an individual that you were talking to and you may have said something or done something and it triggered them to be upset with you. And no phone is connected. Press the talk button to confirm that you want to select a phone. Please excuse my Bluetooth. I hate connecting my phone to Bluetooth, but let's get back to the point. <laughs> and this individual want to work things out or you figure out that they're upset and you go try to hash it out and you come across the fact that they're upset over something that you deem insignificant and you're just like that upset you that of all the things that I could have done or said that could have happened that's what set you off that's what made you so upset with me and it's almost like you don't even feel like apologizing for it because it's not anything to apologize for. It's just a, a basic thing that you said or did and it set them off. But when you look at it, think about what sets you off. To someone else that may be around you or may interact with you, that's insignificant to them. small thing but we assume that everyone no it's not a small thing you did it you knew what you were doing and that's why I'm mad because you're trying to make me mad that's the thought process what if we could get over our trauma what if we can get over the things that may attract us to people that aren't the best for us that hinder our ability to do what we need to do because we can't do it the way we want to do it so I don't want to do it at all um, all the things that rack our brains and make life hard for us something that bothers you somewhere in the world bothers nobody no one so is it that important? No matter where you are, there is a community somewhere that is putting pressure on a child to have something matter to them so much that it's going to be the driving force in their life. And that thing means absolutely nothing to you. 
Think about all the trauma that that person is going to go through trying to fulfill what that community put pressure on them for. And that is totally insignificant to you. That's you. <laughs> you're you're that, that child within that community that's doing something that's driving your life. And somewhere in this world, it means nothing to another person. So it, how important is it? What if we could get over the trauma in our lives? How much happier would we be? And I know I said before, you don't want to listen to someone who is sitting there telling you something about being happy. How realistic is it? Uh, are they happy? I'm imperfect, but I know what bothers me and at the same time even though something may bother me I know at the end of the day what's bothering me isn't that important but it's important to me at the same time I know I've gotten over things that were not like I used to not be able to go anywhere unless Everything I had on was new and matching. I just felt comfortable in my own space if that was the case. And then I could see someone who can get up, toss on a shirt, toss on whatever, run to the store, be totally unbothered. I couldn't imagine doing that. It was based on things that happened in my life growing up within the community that I grew up in that was a driving force behind me constantly trying to stay up on it. Let me tell you something. Once I was able to get past that, it lowered what I spent money on. It lowered my stress level when I'm out and about. It was a whole quality of life change. And I realized out there that a lot of people who are like, that's not even anything to care about. Why is that? That's the whole point. When you look at your trauma, is it even anything to care about? Look at who you're dating. Look at who's around you. Are they the best individuals for you? Why do you feel you're attracted to these people? Why do you feel that you keep inviting these people in your life? If you be honest with yourself and you really look at why, It'll go back to some trauma, some building block within your community that said that this was important. And now stop and look at the fact that somewhere you've seen that wasn't important to them, that wasn't important to someone else. In the long run, is 
it important or is it important to you? Do you need to get over yourself? Which is the hardest thing to do. You are the center of your own universe. You are the most important person in your universe. Your feelings should matter bar none. Do you need to get over yourself to get over your own trauma? I was recently talking with someone speaking about how I'm drawn to water. I love the beach. But it isn't, it isn't just water. It has to be powerful water. It has to be endless. It has to be murky, mysterious. So for me, when I look at water, a fast moving lake with water hitting the rocks or a beachfront, I'm drawn to that. I don't know why, it's just something that I need to, I, I feel needs to be in front of me. There are people in this world who are drawn to the skies. They want to parachute, hang glide, fly, fly planes. Something about being in the air draws them. There are some people who are drawn to nature walks. The stillness of the woods, the creeks, sounds they're drawn to it now whatever you're drawn to understand that there's people out here who are absolutely not drawn to that who don't care about that but their level what they're drawn to is the same level that you're drawn to step back and look at you what do you need to get over And whatever you need to get over will change your relationship with your own trauma. In our uh, late segment, we're going to talk about something that I don't really feel like I was too late. I always had it as something that was in my mind, but I just never really cared too much to put sit down and really put too much thought into it because it, it was such a um, obvious reality in front of me. It was like why, why think so deeply about it if it's right there in front of me? And it's uh, the way cities and communities gentrify towns. So right now, my city is going through a lot of mass gentrification. And this individual who I was speaking to was telling me about how their viewpoint on how all of this takes place. That once town leadership, city leadership figure, there's a part of town that it would just take too much to invest in to get it up to snuff. And the tax money that we get is better spent elsewhere, so why even spend it beautifying this area? So what we're gonna do 
is we're just going to fall back and let it destroy itself. Eventually, as the downturn of that city or town goes, the individuals with the money and the mindset to move away, move away. Because who wants that to be their reality after doing what they have to do to survive, coming home to that? And then the city will continue to deteriorate because because the people that, that can't leave are stuck there. Of course, their mental health won't be great. So living in dilapidated places won't really bother them essentially after a while because it, it'll become to, it'll become what they're used to. It'll become something that they ignore. And then you have the people who are going around actively destroying the community. After a few years of that, of course, the the value of the area goes down so bad that everything's the the cost of the property is just cheap. Like the the city's just like buy someone please buy this stuff. And they're selling things that used to go for over hundreds of thousands of dollars for for pennies. And these developers come in. They buy up the land. They tear everything down. And then they build it up. And as they build it up and make it beautiful, it attracts people who are looking to escape (laughs) the situation from this situation that was the beginnings of how all of this occurred to where they can actually offer wonderful places to stay so now it's like yeah we got the people we have the tax revenue jobs start showing up because you know someone has to be here to pay for these things and it's, it's it's money there. So now you start to see the Starbucks and you start to see the uh, Panera Breads, the Publix, all of the places where it's going to be money spent. And that's the whole plan. As those things build up and they become, it becomes more expensive, more intrusive in the lives of the people who live there originally they end up getting moved to another place another space so it's like you're moving the cancer to another part of the body you're letting it destroy that part of the body then you replace it and then it's a revolving door of doing it again doing it again doing it again so there is no need to help a certain group of people because it's almost like they're a cleaning mechanism. So these cities and groups feel like let's just use them for what we feel like they do. And this is why gentrification happens. It's almost weird because when you step back there's maliciousness there. But then there's a, just an acceptance of 
this is what happens. So why change? And that's something that we uh, need to speak about that we may be a little late on. Really need to put that in the forefront and look at it deeper than just knowing that it exists. Because yes, it exists. Um, but the level at which it kind of moves like a, cl- a, a clog in a, a cog in a machine, it's kind of inhuman. For story time, I'm going to tell one of my imperfect in life stories. When you do things and in the process of doing it, you know you shouldn't be doing it. And then even before you do it, it's like you know. Yeah, I, I probably should find something better to do with my time, but it's like to you, it's like this is an easy lick. This is nothing. <laughs> this isn't anything that I have to put too much effort into. So if I'm going to take advantage of something, let me take advantage of this. And if I, I, you know what, I think it might be a first too. This is the first time I was the side dude. <laughs> I got caught being the side dude. So, this goal also goes back to the time when I, I got my uh, first car also because this is back when I didn't know how to drive it. Not only did my, my friend Mike teach me how to drive it, it was this young lady that I knew that knew how to drive stick that also suggested that she should teach me how to drive stick and now at this point in time I was kind of oblivious to women that weren't over in their attraction to me women that just sent slight signals they just went right over my head so I was still learning so there's this one time when she's teaching me how to drive a stick and she's looking down at my feet managing the the, the clutch and the, uh, whatever the, I haven't driven, driven a stick in so long I forget the whole procedures but she's looking at my feet working and she's like oh my you have big feet and all I was thinking like yeah they're getting in the way though so <laughs> I'm not thinking that this is her opening the door for me to make some kind of sexual response about the size of my dick or something like that but fast forward through all the lessons I eventually got it and I end up making plans with her to go over to her house for a couple not even a couple of nights not even a I wouldn't say a couple for a night one time so in our interactions I find out that she used to be dating a guy and she said she's not dating the guy anymore but the breakup was very recent and which should have been a red flag to me but it was like hey this seems like some easy sex so I'm going to ignore that <laughs> so the first night I go over there I go over there in my car because I'm thinking like at the same time 
I don't want to be stranded in someone else's neighborhood and not who knows what her mind state is. I'm not about to trust myself to not have any uh, out by not letting her pick me up and take me over to her house like I'm some chick. Like, what is that about? The first time that was the thought process. So we go, I go over there. We watch a movie, uh, eat some popcorn. You know, the night ends as it should. Not to go into too much detail, but I get what I came for. Everything's sweet. I leave. And a couple of days go by and somehow it got back to someone else that we knew and come to find out that where this woman is staying is on the property of the individual that we know together. And the individual that we know together is now warning me like that guy is crazy. And I told her she could stay at my property provided that guy never comes through. Now he shouldn't come through, but you need to watch yourself, which is another red flag to me that this is something that you need to stay away from. But still, I'm like, I hit once, I'm gonna hit again. I'm gonna keep hitting until it, 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 it's, it's, you know, it's not eligible for me anymore. So I'm having problems with my car and she comes over to my house and she says, you know, she wants me to come over again, which at that point I should have been like, you know, I, I made a point to myself to not be stuck and I'm not going to allow myself to get stuck at this uh, house. So I should have been, I should have said no, but I ended up saying, yeah, I'll come. So we use her car to go to her home. And again, the night goes as it should. Oh, you know what? I think at this point, the night hadn't even gone as it should because we hadn't gotten to that point. So we sitting in the living room and it's one of those things where it's at night and when a car pulls up, you can see the, the reflection of the, the lights bounce off the wall into the house. And without even thinking, I, I just knew like of all the cars that could pull up, I just got a feeling it's this guy. <laughs> I just knew it was this guy because I knew I shouldn't have came and rightfully so this would be the night that this happens. So she looks out the window and she's like, that's my ex. And she tells me to go hide in the, in, in the uh, closet. Now me, is like, everything in my mind was like, I'm not going to hide. Everything in my mind that made sense was like, I'm not going to hide in the closet. Like, that's stupid. But on the surface level, I just did that shit. I got up. Not only did I go to the closet, I got up. I walked past her back door. Then went to the closet. Like, if I was going to leave, if I was going to try to avoid the situation, why wouldn't I just go out the back door? But because she said closet, my mind just fixated on the closet so I go to the closet and I'm in the closet and <laughs> I hear them arguing in the living room and I'm thinking of how am I going to get out of this situation still not thinking to just go out the back door and 
as I'm thinking, I, I, I take a step back and I trip over some weights that's in the closet. So now it's like, boom, 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 boom. I'm bouncing. He's just like, who's back there? <laughs> so he makes a beeline to the room, opens the door, and just starts swinging. So now we just swinging wildly at each other, tossing each other around, fighting and everything. And she's just screaming like, he's just a friend. He's just a friend. And we, like, we're basically blacked out in adrenaline, just going at each other. So eventually, we separate for a moment, and he's like, get out of my house right now, or I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> I will go to my car, I'm going to get my gun, and I'm going to fucking kill you. And you don't got to tell me twice. <laughs> so I start heading to the door. And I get to the door. I turn around for a moment because I'm like a part of my conscious. This is me. This is young me. So pardon me for my conscious level. But a part of my conscience was like, I can't leave her in that situation. He's talking about killing. I don't know what he's going to do to her. I feel fucked up. If I just leave. So I turn around for a brief moment. And he reaches back and he hits her in the face with a Tyson punch. And her head slams against the uh, refrigerator and then she slides down. I was like, yes, it is time for me to leave. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm sorry. Domestic violence is not funny. Uh, older me would probably would have stuck around and done something. But young me was like, that's between them two. So, I, I now it, the the part of me not having my car comes into effect because I'm not even from where I'm at. I have no idea how to get back to where I am. All I got is my wallet. So now I'm just walking around this neighborhood. I don't even know how the fuck to get out of the neighborhood because I didn't pay attention to how the fuck I got in. And I'm trying to devise a plan. Like, what the hell? This is before cell phones, really. I'm trying to devise a plan of what the hell I'm going to do to get home. So genius me, genius young me says, I have a great plan. I'm going to go to this ditch that I see that has muddy water. I'm going to put the mud on my clothes, put the mud on my face, and I'm going to go banging. Like, how stupid is this plan? Banging on doors, screaming that someone's trying to kill me. Can I use your phone? Because at least I'm going to be able to call a cab. <laughs> Thankfully, with one person this worked. She let me in the house. Not only did she let me in the house. She gave me tea and cookies. <laughs> and listened to a uh, fictitious story that I made up about what happened. I called the cab. And cab came and I got my ride home. That's my idiotic story about being the side dude don't be the side dude don't get yourself caught up don't do stupid shit if at, if at the, the, the beginning your mind tells you that this is like I said before your body knows but in certain situations your mind knows too my mind knew from no the job this was not a good idea and I got what I deserved so I'm not even mad. Y'all have a good night.
Thank you so much for listening to uh, Late and Disorganized. If you with me, you with me, you get me. I appreciate all your support. Thank you.